wondering how to fall completely in love with the people and things that surround you at home? I've spent the last 15 years studying how and where families thrive and what relational and house characteristics ignite us with that homey feeling. On this podcast, we uncover how our brains process the people we live with and the houses we live in so we can confidently create our homes to be wonder-filled connection magnets. Ready to give up the decision fatigue, comparison hives, overwhelm ulcers, and confusion chaos? You are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Thornock. Welcome to Becoming Home. Hey, everybody. So glad that you're here. Glad, glad to be with you today. I want to talk about peanut butter kisses today. Have you ever gotten a peanut butter kiss? Specifically from like a two to three year old, it's the most magical thing, right? And yet, when we are talking and thinking about our own messes, we think that the only appropriate way to give a kiss is without a peanut butter smeared all over our faces. Now, this analogy is going to go a little bit farther, but first I want to set the stage. So we have an idea that God requires us to be our best selves. And we interpret that to mean that our offerings to God need to be our best efforts, which means the best result performed under the best circumstances, giving our all in the best way that we can possibly imagine it to all go. Unicorns and fields of wildflowers, like rainbows, all of this is what's happening when we we have this idea that God requires our best selves. And I don't actually disagree with the fact that what I feel like is true, that God does want us to present and to live in our best selves, but not because what we're doing is perfect. So like in this perfection paradigm, our efforts are only good enough if we get an A from the art teacher, if we get the blue ribbon at the fair, if we inspire 16 old ladies to drop their knitting and put their hands upon their bosoms and say, my goodness, you are the best duster in the whole world. And then that would qualify us to feel good about something being our best effort, right? Because if you don't, if you're, if you're not achieving, if you're not competing, if you're not being the best, how can you say that that's your best effort, right? It's um, giving up if you're not. This is, this is, you know, shout out to all my fellow perfectionists, recovering perfectionists out there in the world. Clearly, there's room for improvement, right? Clearly, if our efforts haven't achieved the 16 granny hand on bosom award, then we're not there yet. There's still progress to be made. Now, when perfection is the goal, perfection, there is no room for humanity. It all sounds really noble, don't you think? To be always striving and always improving and always growing. And yes, I actually believe that. This is another one of those paradoxes that I feel like God teaches us so much through, where he does expect us to always keep going. And the reason that we aren't already living with him or already gods, you know what I mean? Like we aren't him is because we we aren't there yet we're less than there's still room for progress and improvement and growth and becoming and integration and feeling all of these things right but also if perfect is unattainable maybe in this life maybe ever like what is this standard that we have 
overlaid on top of perfection to let ourselves feel good. Because clearly, there's always going to be some room for us to grow. Always. No matter how well we did or no matter what county fair we got a blue ribbon at, then there's the state fair. Then there's the national fair. Then there's the world fair. I don't know. Do you get blue ribbons at the world fair? But there's a point that comes where you're like, oh, that's good enough. I feel good about that. That was my best effort. And you kind of close that chapter in your mind and in your heart. And if when that doesn't happen and when we get stuck in perfectionist loops, we just start getting really nitpicky like, oh, well, if it wasn't the right temperature and if the pumpkins weren't picked at the exactly right time to make pumpkin pie and if the crust wasn't sourced from organic non-GMO grains and if I used a little bit too much cinnamon and unless everything is perfect in my life, then I'm less than we use perfection as a bludgeon and we beat ourselves up with it over and over and over again. Is this what God is asking us for? Is this like the best self that we're hoping to bring to both our lives and as an offering to our God? Does this feel calm and like worthy (laughs) and like something that we want to be spending our lives striving toward? No, (laughs) not for me. (laughs) This feels awful. This feels like umbrage style control this feels like my hair is gonna pop out of its ponytail holders and be standing on end in its frizzy delight (laughs) because i'm just the pressure is just building and i can't be perfect enough and i'm striving and look i'm striving and isn't my offering good enough i think this is hogwash here's why i think that god wants us to be our best selves but my best self is not a shaming mass murderer It's not a shaming mass murder of love. (laughs) It doesn't go around murdering my soul or hurting other people with these perfectionistic arrows. I don't think that that's the self that the God that I believe in wants. I think from what I know of God, which is imperfect, I imagine that he wants us to be filled to the brim with real life and humanity and trust and faith and openness, things like an open heart, a contrite spirit, soft words, like that sort of thing. Less like starched collar or bust, we're going to church, get your stuff in order, but more like feel love, be love, do love. And if from love you wanna start your collar, like start your way, baby. Like if that feels good to you and if that feels like a worshipful activity, be my guest, but don't sacrifice your teenager on the altar of starch. Starch is not your God. So to truly feel the rhythm and, and pick up these nuances that are being put down in scripture and to see with clarity, the invitation of the divine. And that's a feeling you guys, like, you know, that feeling when you feel loved and from love, you feel propelled to be what you would say is your actual best self. I'm not talking about like your on paper best self showing up all the time perfectly. Like, no, we've thrown that to the side for a minute. You can pick it up later if you decide you want it. But this best self of like, you can do anything. You're allowed to learn. You're imbued with the spark of the universe that gives soulful meaning to everything you encounter. If, if we have this attitude and this energy, there's nothing that we can't do. It's not about 
the productivity manual you downloaded is a freebie. It's not about the wiki how or the step-by-step instructions. When, when we forget about the, the feeling of, of best self, of, of worshipful um, um, consecration, this isn't about pharisaical iterations and discipline control and forcing other people. Those things are in direct contrast with the softness and the openness and the creativity that is when I feel like I'm my best self. I hope you do too. I imagine you do. So this formula works. When you try to control, it equals distraction from love. It works every time. It's kind of like math. When you try to force perfection, it will be a distraction. It's like a left field detour from the path that you really want to go. Most of us choose this like two-handed white knuckling to perfection in the name of love. Like, isn't that how we love better? But what I want to offer to you, my friends, is that this kind of radical love is available to you right now. And you don't have to become something different before you can access it. This is less obedience and rods and hellfire. And this is more the pure love of the two-year-old peanut butter kiss. This is having an offering that is so full of imperfections that there's actually nothing that could be better. That is almost like the purest form of love that I can even think of is a two-year-old's wet, mushy, so messy peanut butter kiss right on my cheek. It's just contrite. It's full of everything they know how to give. And period. Done. So perhaps the best loving gifts, and especially the gifts of self, are those that are our best, sure. But just like a peanut butter kiss is probably a toddler's best. It's like a different definition of the best. It's not the the most. It's not the cleanest. It's not the most refined. It's not the most practiced. It's not the best performed or perfectly elocuted. It is full of love. This is like the best, but without the psycho part. <laughs> it's Put that on a pillow. Best, but without psycho. Because when we're psycho and we're yelling at everyone to get ready for church, dang it, or you're meeting your creator earlier than you had imagined, that might not actually be the required route to achieve our goals. The minute you notice the psycho creeping in, which we all notice sometimes, that's when the law of diminishing returns has activated. It's not helpful to strive for better at this moment when you're feeling disconnected. Improvement comes because of connection. This is when we see overnight successes. This is when we see people who are giving their life's energy toward a goal that they believe in. It's because they feel connected. And when we experience burnout, it is that disconnection from ourselves, from our project, from our mission, all of these things like this is disconnection. So let go. Surrender to the psycho around you instead of becoming the actual psycho yourself. Let it go. Choose to feel, choose to see, choose to watch. And eventually what you're going to find is that your capacity for patience will increase and your ability to perform will actually be enhanced. So you will become better 
at doing the things that you need to do, getting out the door to church, say, or writing the thing that you're working on, or cleaning your house, or keeping your drunk, your, your drunk, your junk drawer <laughs> organized. You can either force yourself to do it with white knuckle perfectionism, or you can love your way to it, which equals you can feel love right now. And from that place of love, you organize your junk drawer just for fun. Then you feel love now, you create love later. It's just like this loving enhancement party, right? Eventually, you're going to discover that you can achieve all of your goals. You can have your starched collars. You can have a devoted eye single to the glory of God. But do not confuse the starch with the divine. Do not confuse the evidence of life with the life itself. God loves your peanut butter kisses. And that's all he's asking for. I'd like to invite you to love your peanut butter kisses in whatever realm you're creating in, in whatever you're trying to love, whoever you're trying to show up for, specifically and especially yourself. I want to invite you to love your own peanut butter kiss version of sanctification as much as you love that little toddler's. Okay, you guys, go make a big mess, and I mean it. Talk to you next week. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you love what you're hearing, share this episode with a friend who you want to chat with about it. Also, leave a review for the show so we can reach more soulful mamas looking to love the magical humanity that surrounds them at home. If you really are digging this scene, come check out The Knowing, the inner circle for confident home creating. Find all the info about it as well as a full transcript of this episode over at carlythornock.com.